normal then this is not the show for you please go somewhere else this is wyrd if it's getting weird it's got to be the weird mountain gals show you're listening to byron and alicia the weird mountain gals It's about an inch and a half long. I love those things. Back when I was wearing makeup. I loved them. They made me feel so grown up. I'll I'll have to check and see if I can find any information. But I believe you could buy, you bought those in variety packs of like 10 or 20. I don't know. And it was for, it was really cheap. And you were supposed to give them out to prospective clients that you're selling yeah. to. So I had the entire Avon lady kit 
Did you really? I did. I sure did. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything you have not done? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> A lot of them won the lottery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Money okay. lottery. I've won some other <laughs> other lotteries <laughs> in my mind. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it was fun. I, I think I was uh, in the eighth grade at oh that time. God. I was 13 or 14 years old. It was something that I did. I don't know why I was gregarious and I just felt like it. I loved makeup at the time and I loved nail polish and hair stuff. And, and my friend Sharon, whose dad had the orchestra, Sharon, I think you've met her. Uh, her mom was an Avon lady and she had the most beautiful perfume decanters all over her house. Ooh. Remember those? I don't. No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> they were usually made out of some form of glass uh, and the, maybe the lid might be plastic or something, but it would be something pretty. So if it was apple scented cologne, it would be in a glass apple. And they had several, uh, they had a series of these beautiful Victorian ladies. Oh. That their big old skirts would hold the perfume, you see, and their upper part would be the whatever you screwed off of it. Yes, and she had it all in her bay window because they were just beautiful glass, all kinds of colors. And I think that's what attracted me at first to uh, Ava. <laughs> wow, how long did you do it? A couple of years. <laughs> and it was it was really fun. I would every month I'd get in these big stacks of of catalogs and I'd take them around and put them in mailboxes. And pretty soon I'd get a phone call or I or the other thing that would happen is I would get an order. They'd get a little order slip that came in the back of the book and they'd hand it to me. And sometimes they'd want me to come in and so I'd take my little case in or which was really a big case about the size of a diaper bag. And it was a, it was an Avon lady case. I'd take Aww. it in and I'd show them all the different kinds of lipsticks and let them try things and, you know, and then they'd buy more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I made enough money with Avon to, to never pay for my makeup at all. Uh -huh. and, then, and then I realized I didn't really like makeup that much. So, yeah, the, oh. it, it lost its appeal for me when I started getting more busy in music world. Yeah. It, it, uh, that The Avon just lost its appeal. <laughs> Still wore makeup. But. Uh, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> well, it was something to do, I guess. I had a lot more time back then, it seems like. It seems like. I don't know. How about yeah. you? What about me? Did you have more time back in the, when you were in your early teens than you do now? Do you feel busier now? Um, I don't, I don't know. I never had thought about that because, you know, I, there was always eggs to get and ponies to clean up after and brush and feed and all that stuff. So I don't know. And Maybe. you are very disciplined about cooking at home and not cooking. just doing the most convenient thing. 
and that's the that's a forgotten art and and gardening is a it's such an appalachian thing the people in I, appalachia garden differently obviously depending on their location in appalachia but but that mindset the appalachian gardening is is cool i think and and so that's one of the things i like about you is because you do some of the old-timey stuff <laughs> you know well, i mean subsistence farming is not something you want to uh you should be your goal in life people had to grow those big old gardens and farms to feed their big old families that's exactly right um so you know once women had some control over that and God knows there's a certain political party that would love for that to all go back to the way it was. Um, ah. Women just, you know, you, the woman was up before everybody else said that breakfast could be on the table when everybody went out mm -hmm. to work in the fields. And then she, it's not like she got to sit down and eat bonbons and put her feet up. Then no, she had other hard. work she had to do. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of that was she, you know, washed up all the dishes and, then she went out and did whatever she was doing in the field. Right. So she went she, to a, a garden closer into the house, like a kitchen garden. Right. So she and was, things, things weren't automated. No, no. They were automated by whoever had the strong enough back and arms and hands to get the damn job done. <laughs> right. That was the automation. That's I it. mean, when I think about um, the how exciting it must have been for women when they didn't have to take their washing down to the creek and beat it against a damn rock. I've thought about have, that. But they could have, you know, a wood burning stove inside and they could heat up water and they'd had a, a ringer washer on the back porch so they could do their washing there. That must have been just, they must have been deliriously happy, but they still had to do the damn washing. It still had to be done. It did. I remember those ringer washers because my granny had one. And yeah. so one grandma had that kind and then one grandma had another kind, the, you know, the more modern one that didn't have that, that ringer on it. Cause uh -huh. that ringer was dangerous. <laughs> well, it was and, dangerous, but it got, I think it got the water out of the clothes better than uh, the spin cycle on most washing machines. Well, and that's true too. And, but, and the washer itself, I, I'm not sure, but I don't think it had a lid on it. I think that. On the ringer washer? Yeah. Some of them did and some of them didn't. Uh, it was, you could put your arm down there and break it, you know, if you had enough laundry in there. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> that's how well, a family of warriors think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just remember my, my grandmother now she had had a reg she had had a modern uh agitating washing machine uh the whole time I was growing up and knew her. But before that, of course, she had had a ringer washer like everybody else, and before that she had washed in a wash tub. And so even after she had a, a fairly modern washing machine, she kept a stout stick, and it was usually the sawed-off handle of a old broom hmm. and she would fill up the washing machine with water and put the soap in and, you know, bleach or whatever else she was using. And then she would take that stout stick, 
while it was agitating and she'd drop the clothes in a few at a time and she'd mash them down with that stalb. And her, her clothes were always the cleanest clothes I ever have seen. Wow. Wow. And yep. was it hot water back then? Did they? Oh, hell yes. Uh, okay. It was the highest damn water she could manage. <laughs> That's great. Because I remember now I, I've never seen it because it, nobody in my family that I know of did it. But I remember seeing pictures of people who would have the big old cast iron cauldrons. Yeah, yeah. Wash pots. And they would, yeah, and they would boil water and use that boiling hot water for washing clothes. Well, yeah, thought, well, yeah. Well, because they put that big old wash pot over a, over a fire till it came to a boil. Yeah, wow. Or got plenty, or got plenty hot. I mean, I don't guess it necessarily had to be steaming anyway. It just, you know, hot hot water, we turn on the tap now and if, well, and if we have paid the bill and if the water system is working and if your hot water meter is working, you turn on the tap and hot water comes out. But for an awful long time in human history, that was not the case. Mm-mm, and if you wanted water to be hot, you had to heat it up somehow. Now, the, those big old wood burning... Um, kitchen ranges they would have usually a big old water butt on one side so that the water just heated up as the stove was heating up wow that's smart (laughs) i've never seen that it was very smart i've never seen that before i mean i've seen a fair amount of of different kinds of cabins and that have been you know kept through the ages and stuff and i've seen a fair amount of stuff but never even thought of that that's ingenious yeah well it 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 makes sense if you're heating Mm -hmm. it up anyway because you're cooking on top of it and women were cooking all the time oh yeah there's no microwave because because it's not like now where i will ask my husband at four o'clock what do you want for supper tonight and his answer always is i don't care (laughs) so then at four o'clock i have to think well what vegetables do i have in the fridge am i going to give him a potato or some rice or uh, pasta and then i chop everything up and i saute it and i boil whatever whatever grain he's going to eat with it and all of that takes about half an hour Mm -hmm. because i have a stove that i just twist a knob and everything just starts heating up Yep, just like magic. Yeah, I don't have to go out and get the kindling and get the fire started and get it up to a certain temperature. And I'm not baking five dozen biscuits because I, you know. And you're not you're not making the soap that you use because exactly you're not not sewing you're not creating the clothes that you or creating the fabric that you're eventually going to sew the clothes with. Exactly. Like all of that took time. You you don't have did. a vacuum cleaner, no robot going around on your floor. Yeah, the, the things take time. You got down on your hands and knees to wax a wood floor. Do you remember those days? I do. I do. I do. And then uh and then once it dried, you had to buff it down to get a good shine. <laughs> yeah. And make sure that people knew not to mess it up, which they yeah, always but- would. But, well, because if they were young and you'd get your ass busted. Because <laughs> I told you not to be on that floor because it's not dry yet. But it looked like it was dry. Yeah. What did I tell you, though? 
yeah. that's that is the way so, it, yeah it's that kind of work we women didn't have time to or if women did have time to write novels and poetry and paint paintings and any of that stuff god when did they do it i don't well, even know they probably didn't do a lot of it while they were raising children no definitely but, not and maybe at some point in their adult life if they didn't have children that they were raising they could find a way to work it in <laughs> but well and and if you had a lot of children which many many women did then the older children would take care of the younger children yeah but you yeah you could and in addition to that we're also being trained in all the things you had to do around the house and and on a farm mm -hmm. I mean, it was a system that worked for a long time. It really was. It I did, think, but it de it depended on basically unpaid, constant labor. But it always has, hasn't it? I yes. mean, we're still working yes. against that standard, yep. which is a standard, by the way. I heard, yes, I actually did. heard somebody refer to the good old days as when women didn't have to work. Right. I, you what? know, I defy them to tell me when that was. Yeah, I'd like to know. I'd really like but, to know. But also what that what that alludes to is that now m most women who have a job outside the home, as they used to say, <laughs> they they go to their nine to five job or their eight to five job or whatever. And they still have the bulk of the responsibility for the house and for the children, and for the laundry, and who's going to call the plumber, and all of that stuff still falls to the women, to the woman in the house. You're exactly right. So, hey, you know, this has been a great gardening episode. <laughs> I know. We were going to, y'all, we were going to talk about gardening because I have a new device in my garden. Oh, yeah. So, some of y'all know Last year was the first year that we had to deal with moles and voles. Until then, it had been groundhogs, which at least are big and honest and open. Do they? And, you eat know, they're coming into thing. What? Do groundhogs eat moles? No. Okay. No, groundhogs eat everything in your garden. Okay. I yeah. didn't know if they would also eat the moles too. No, so. I don't. I don't think groundhogs are, I think they are just herbaceous. Okay. I don't think so. so. But if any of our listeners ha know about that groundhogs really are, are omnivores, let us know. I mean, I'll look it up too, but let us know if you had an experience of a groundhog being an omnivore. Yeah. Anyway, so that was, that was the case last year. I had wintered over some things and they just were droopy and they, and then they disappeared. And then I discovered that there were moles and voles that were eating the garden. So my friend Crystal, and if she's listening, hey, Crystal, she, Crystal. Sent, me, she sent me a recipe, a receipt, as we used to say in the country. <laughs> it was a cup of sugar, cup of flour, cup of baking soda. And you mix all that together and you... Uh, you put it into the mole holes oh. in the ground, and it uh, it repels them. Also makes them sick. You know, it, whatever it does, it does. Yay! So I tried that last year, and it was moderately successful. 
But last year was just a bad garden year for me because I wasn't here. So uh, this, so I I got that recipe from her again a few weeks ago, and I'm gonna make me another batch of that because they have reappeared now that it's warmed up. Oh yeah, um, they will. So so I'm working on that repelling the molds, and then uh, somebody, it might have been Crystal, said, "Well, you know, you can get them sonic mold repeller things at the hardware store." So last week, and I don't know, did I tell y'all that I inherited money last week? Anyway, uh, on my way to you told pick me, up the, pick you, up the money that I'd inherited, um, I stopped at the uh, hardware store down on Merriman Avenue, and I talked to the feller there who's their garden feller, and I got this, uh, what's it called, Mole Max. Mole and Gopher Repeller. Mm, Mole Max. Mole Max. And I didn't I didn't get the solar one because I didn't know there was one. I got the battery operated one. Uh, but I, you know, if it works, I'm gonna get the solar one. I'll put them all over the place. Just get but solar batteries that you can uh, recharge. Well, I mean, you can get one that's got a solar panel on top. Oh so yeah. Like a you know, like those um little lights. It's yeah, solar path lights. Yes. Anyway, so they have those at uh, Lowe's, I think, in Home Depot. Anyhow, so I finally, well, I got one and it didn't work, and I had to take it back, and then I got another one and it does work. Mm. So I've got that back in the in the garden, and it's it's just this kind of stalled thing with a little green head on it, and uh, every two or three minutes it goes. <laughs> And vibrates the ground. Okay. Uh, and that's supposed to I run them off, I guess. Anyway, well, you, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if it works. But I'm also gonna go to uh, probably Lowe's and pick up a couple of solar ones and just put a whole bunch of them out there. It's like it's know, just gonna repel anything. Good, repel it all. Keep let it, all it go. Away. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the Fremen in the Dune universe, they used a tool called a thumper. Do you remember that? I and the, do, the, and that's just what this is, kind of. Yeah, they would kind of put it in the ground, and it had, I don't know if they wound it up or what, but it would make a, a thumping sound just like your device does, and the difference being it would drive the sandworms into a frenzy, and they'd yeah. come straight at the thumper so that they could annihilate it. Kill it, kill that yeah. thing making the noise. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the it's exactly the opposite. So yeah. <laughs> the thumper would attract to sandworms, but this thumper is supposed to be repelling the moles. Yeah, well, and well, of course we don't have any sand that they're having to come through. So yeah, that's <laughs> among other things. But yeah, when you were telling me that story, I was thinking, oh, well, that's no thumper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in such a terrible Dune mood. I am oh. the second, the second movie, the second half of the first movie part, yeah, uh, is coming out March first. Oh boy! And uh, you know, I can't resist. I this first this excuse me this last Dune that they came out with, I guess last year. When I watched it on television or on my movie device, it made it through about the first third of the first book. 
Right. And that was the whole movie. As a matter of fact, he, he, yeah. And so it'll, I'm sure it'll take it up from there. His, but it, his dad had just been killed. The emperor had just been killed and uh -huh. he and his mother took off basically. And so I'm sure it'll go from there, but it, and it gets more interesting. And they also use sound. They being the army that the Duke Paul uh, creates after his father is killed, they use sound as a weapon. Yes, they do. Yeah, and it's a really effective weapon. And I always, I always thought that was fascinating. What if you could create a weapon that would direct sound and intensify it to the point that it would shatter somebody's brain? Yeah. Yeah, so... Or, or at least shatter their eardrums. I don't know. Is that a healthy thing for me to, to be thinking about? I don't know, but it makes me think about electromagnetic pulse, EMPs. Yeah. I've always wondered about that's that. Not, that's not sound exactly, except uh -huh. that sound comes in waves just like that. Yeah, it, it does. You know, when I had the company, uh, the we had servers that we kept over at the uh, ERC up in Asheville. Yeah. And that place is very professional. It's the real deal. They had, you know, security guard at the entrance and every floor had security and every room you had to be buzzed in and so on and so forth. And they had a floating floor above everything. That's where the NOAA weather offices were. It was right, right. across from where my servers were. And I remember... First time I ever went in there and they took me into the server room that had the fake, the false floor there. And uh -huh. I, I about fell over. I got so dizzy. And I don't wow. know if it was from the lights or from the giant generators. They had these giant magnetic things that were spinning uh -huh. to, to, for generators. I mean, huge. And I, it, or what? I, or all the electricity that was running through right under my feet, all the broadband for the internet, that line was coming in right under my feet. And it, But something, something made me get dizzy. I don't know what it was. And I'm not, I'm not joking about it either because I didn't say anything the first time I went in there because, you know, I was just taking the tour and trying to decide if I, I liked it or whatever. And the next time it happened was the next time I was there. And that's the only time I really have had reliable dizzy spells is when I would go there into the server room. So up there. And so something up there was doing it. I think that's a valid wow. point you made. Yep. That's really they, interesting. Yep. And you know how they tell you that if you go into a MRI or is what's the one that spins? Is that the MRI? I don't know. Like a big circle. I think it's, I think that's it. Because I, I have to get one, or I'm supposed to get one every couple of years. And they would tell me, that, oh, no, it's not possible to get sick from these. And I would have to take medicine before I went in there and have somebody driving me to and from because I would get so nauseated in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, MRI stands for Magnetic Resonance, Resonance Im Imaging. imaging. Yeah. yeah. And what it, it relies on this this very powerful magnet that spins around you 
in circles that are fast enough to literally change the direction that your blood is in, is going in. And Right. uh, it's crazy. And so it's like, how could you not get sick from that is what I want to know. Why is it most people don't seem to be bothered by that stuff? Yeah, no kidding. I get to be a lucky person, huh? And get, but yeah, you can get sick from them. <laughs> Shoo. yep, yep. So last time we were talking, we were. I'm done with my thumper story. Oh, Lord. OK, go. Well, I mean, I'm kind of done with the thumper part of it. But the other kind of residuals of having molds in my yard is that I found all the things that you can plant and repel them. Yeah, And one of them is garlic. They don't like garlic. So I planted a whole bunch of garlic. yeah. And last, when I had to deal with it last year, I moved a whole bunch of daffodils because we got a ton of daffodils all over the place here. I moved in a bunch of daffodils. So now all the daffodils are up. Oh. And Okay. a lot of them, they have buds on them. So the garden is going to look so pretty and spring Uh, looking. So yeah. it's not just the thumper thing. It's the other things that go with it. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. So it'll be not just all vegetables. There's going to be a lot of flowers and herbs and like all that kind of stuff. That So, is so cool. Well, are so they, yeah, go ahead. have you thought about putting um, your bee, your bee house uh, near that garden or is that the community garden? No, this is my personal garden, but the same reason I can't have bees at Weird Mountain is the reason I can't have them here is because of the bears. Because Oh, I have to put in an electric fence in yeah, order to have bees at either location. you're And right. a solar electric fence doesn't work but so good. It needs to be a dedicated electric fence. Because otherwise, because we got that big old mama bear Last year, the big old mama bear and four cubs. And so this year, she still got the cubs with her, and they are now big old yearlings. And she probably will get bred again and have a bunch more. So it's going to be like a damn herd of bears in my neighborhood. A herd of bears. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, the... The probably the males from last year, the yearling males. I think I think bears are one of the species that just run them off. They got to go to another territory and find their own girlfriend thing. So they may disappear this year, but she may have a bunch of the yearlings with her and then her new babies. And And they'll all be more hungry. they'll all be here climbing the oak tree and turning over people's garbage and all that. So we'll see. What do you call a group of bears? I don't know. I don't know. Is it, is it a clan? The clan, Or is the clan of the cave <laughs> bear? yeah, the, after the fictional book about that has nothing to do with a bear. Um, Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That should be an easy thing to find, though. I, I might try What and do find you call that out. what you call a group of bears? Yeah, group of bears. Uh, I, I found out that a group of ravens is called a congress. Yes, I love that. Because I, I I think that's interesting. And I I disagree with that whole murder of crows. I I know a lot of my people are real. Oh, I saw a murder of crows, but it's just a family of crows, and it's the same thing with the bears. You know what a group of bears is called? Family What? of bears. It's just a family. <laughs> yeah. They're all together. The group of 
crows. You don't have to call them a murder. You can call them a family of crows. Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, I know you're an omen reader, and, and I am to a certain extent. And uh, I was uh, I was talking with your yard man not too long ago uh-huh. because he wanted me to find out where you were or to tell you this and see what you thought about it. Uh, as as he was over there or wherever he was, I didn't ask him. He saw, I think he said about six or seven crows. And they weren't dancing in a circle, sort of, but they also sort of were. You know, you see these videos of crow funerals and the crows will be walking walking around like they're at a cakewalk in a perfect circle. Yeah. You know, these were not doing that. They were kind of clumped up together and they were hopping around and at, flapping their wings and they were acting like it was, they were kind of agitated or excited or dancing or something but uh-huh. he saw it and he was really struck by it for whatever reason it jumped out at him and that's what he saw with these this little cluster of these crows then he said it was off the side of the road and he was at some angle where he could see them but other people coming in the other direction couldn't see him huh that's that's interesting because it because it could be something perfectly natural that humans just don't observe very often. I'm just thinking about, I mean, you mentioned honeybees a minute ago, that honeybees have this little dance that they do to show other honeybees where they just came mm-hmm. from that have a bunch of good pollen. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, are the crows talking to each other and are they dancing to give a location? I was I was wondering that myself. Uh, um, they say that crows, part of what they do is they teach their family how to recognize danger, uh, dangerous yeah. faces, and they and that they think that the when it's a crow funeral, that what it is is the crows are going and they're kind of in their crow way, they're marking this spot as this yeah. spot because and they've tested the hypothesis by by you know keen observation through years and decades so they know they know crow families by now they know when it's the next generation and they're pretty sure that that's at least part of the reason crows have funerals and a lot of crows will attend a funeral is 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 that sort of thing and so i was halfway wondering if that was it but i mm-hmm. also know that if you get a territorial male and there's another territorial male that wants to be in there with with the family, so to speak. They will occasionally attack it and and kill it. I've yeah. I've seen that. I've actually seen that, and 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 I've looked it up and studied it a little bit. And so maybe that's why it's called a murder of crows. But I don't think that's what was going on because I questioned him about it, and they didn't seem to be pecking at anything. They were just hopping around. And just like with that tying a bow omen mm-hmm. you had last week. Wasn't that um, something? Yeah. And just because it's a natural occurrence that feels unusual for us when we're observing it mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not also an omen. That's right. So if if I saw that, I would be I'd be, you know, I'd be Googling 
So when crows do this, what does that mean? I'd be trying to find that out for sure. Mm -hmm. But I also would say, so if I observed this, if I was allowed to see this interesting interaction between these natural creatures, then what does it mean to me walking around in circles? Is that what I'm doing right now? Am, Am I just spinning in place and I need to be thinking about how I want my life to move forward? Or is it telling me that I need to uh, establish a better routine so that my routine, so that my life, so much of my time isn't taken up trying to get things done, but I have a routine that I can get things done. So, I mean, that's something that that modern folks, you know, the Mm young'uns, the young'uns, you know, they look up a book, somebody, Llewellyn, or somebody's done a book. And when an animal does this, this is what that means. And just like with dream interpretation books, that they they don't work. It doesn't work that way. It depends on your relationship to that particular animal. It depends on where you are on your life path right now. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of of reading omens that's not just, oh, quick, let me look that up under crows. What does that mean? Uh-huh. And because it can it can have, there can be multiple reasons for an animal to do something, but just because it's doing it and you're seeing it, it might also be an omen for you to read mm-hmm. about either your personal situation or, a, you know, or a, a, a situation that, is going to impact you in some way. You know, we see things, we being everybody, but I'm talking about you and me mostly. We see things all the time that are incredible, or let's just say they're not incredible, they're just things. But we see a lot of things all day long whenever our eyes are open. They don't always jump out at us, you see. And and people who, omen readers tend to, they know when something has jumped out, when there's something to be communicated with them about, they know it. You do. I've seen that a hundred times with you. Yeah. And it's something, you know, and I studied it, I guess, but really it's all, for me, it's pretty much intuitive. I mean, and I was coming, I go out every day to listen to my thumper to see if it's working. <laughs> So yesterday I was out there listening to my thumper and thinking <laughs> it's the time to plant the radishes. And I was coming back from, from the, the garden. It's in the very back of the property. And I was coming up towards the house and I looked and there was a, a mockingbird. And it was just sitting there on this branch looking at me. Hmm. And I stopped and I looked at it and it was silent. You know, they're just not silent. Those suckers are just the noisiest, yeah, most obnoxious. <laughs> and if they're not making noise, they're flapping their tails and flapping their <laughs> wings. And, and it was just perfectly still. And it was just looking at me. And I stood there and I looked right back at it. And it was, it was like that for probably two or three minutes. And finally, I said, are you trying to tell me something? And it just looked at me. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. That sound that you hear is is the mole repeller device it's mole max it's not for you it's to keep the moles out of the garden so i just want you to know it's no offense intended to you or any of your folks but or I can't even the moles they just need to stay away yeah i said i just can't be having 
all my carrots get eat up by moles. And that darn bird, then it flipped its tail. You know how they do, flipped its tail, and it kind of shuddered a little bit, and then it flew away. Well, so I don't know if it was because I spoke to it. And so for a minute, it was like, what? Human? What? Or if it was way, if it was there, I mean, I choose to believe that it was saying, what the hell is that noise? Because I am being very quiet now. I, the mockingbird, am being very quiet. And I can hear this weird sound. What the hell is that? So I chose <laughs> to explain to the mockingbird what the hell it was and that nobody had to be afraid of it. And it wasn't even, the moles don't even have to be afraid of it. They just have to get the hell out of my garden. So, yes. And so that's the kind of stuff I do all the time. And that's why people think I'm crazy as a June bug. Well, you know, let them think it. What What's going to happen to you? Nothing. They Nothing. can think it if they want. That's think the truth. Whatever you want. I don't really care. Uh, and here, here's the, whenever that subject comes around, I always remember that, it wasn't too long ago that the thought of walking into a room and having the lights just come on, having it just suddenly brighten up was magic yeah. or crazy. If you told somebody that you were going to be able to speak to them from anywhere at any time with a tiny little cell phone device, they'd, they'd tell you, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, the only question they'd have would be, are you going to have the fairies take your words there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. that's the kind of sarcasm you would get. But what we know is it, we're just what we know. It's science. It's just a fact. It's not a mystery. And so I think all magical things and people who are able to interpret wisely. It's not magic. Necess not like let's let the fairy people come it's not nothing like that the day if if we manage to survive as a species we're gonna have to learn how to communicate in lots of different ways don't you think yes and i think you know we are learning some of those ways now different ways to communicate but so yes. much of it and i know i say this all the time so much of it is just about listening and observing and trying to, to put yourself out of the center of the picture. And I don't know. Just You're, be part of all of it and not the boss of all of it. That's, a, that's interesting that you say that because I was, right before I changed the name of that group, uh -huh. <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, I wonder what Byron would say if I put this here's here's theory how what do you think of the statement you can be around something but that doesn't make you part of it Ooh. <laughs> boy isn't that the truth of Asheville North Carolina right now yeah I can so, be around some other you know political party and that doesn't make me that per in that party it doesn't yeah so <laughs> And we all, you know, throughout the long human history, we have had to, we've had associations. So you might associate with somebody that you don't 100% agree with and you ain't related to, but mm -hmm. it just keeps the peace. Yeah, truth. Because then you, you can grow the corn if you're not eating your damn seed corn, which we <laughs> alluded to earlier. 
Yes, we did. We, I don't know if that was pre-show or not, but that's that comment was so spot on. And But I wonder how many people would understand seed corn. Well, you mean. know, people don't, people don't understand old, don't always understand old fashioned sayings like that. Mm -hmm. Because for one thing, they don't know corn comes from seeds. Mm -hmm. There's plenty so it's, of people that don't know that corn comes from a seed. Yeah. And so that explain you, that, that saying when you say. And, and if you save your seed, which a lot of people now do, um, which you can do if you have a non-GMO seed, so that you would save, I don't know, five years of corn from last year, and you'd dry them out so that that became the seed for the current year. Well, if you are starving because, because the crops failed last year or whatever, and you eat the seed corn, then you are gonna you're gonna have a full belly for a little while, but come spring, how are you gonna plant? And so you were using it in the context, which we don't have to go into all of it, but basically you were talking about a harmful thing that would harm the next generation or two. Yes. I I was talking about, I mean, there's situations all over the world right now where an aggressor is uh, is bombing, uh, destroying the property of another place, and the the people who are most hurt are the children and the women. And because of that, we are we are eating our seed corn because we need because our next generation. Be to, yeah, because they're not going to be able to function in any kind of healthy way because they've been tormented and traumatized. And that's not and talking killed. about the ones that have just been outright killed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But okay. yeah, and it's well, something that people used to think about. Mm -hmm. But now, of course, we are such a privileged, in so many ways, a privileged society that the idea is if, you know, if I had to eat my seed corn, well, damn, I got a burpee catalog right over here. I'll just order some more seed corn. Well, you can always let Grubhub bring you some. That's right. So, But that's not how it always has been, nor is it how it will always be. That's right. In my opinion. That's right. So, the you know, the Appalachian culture was a lot of times it was stoic, in my opinion. The folks had kind of stoic personalities, but they had very... Uh, it wasn't that, you know, they say that there's a Yankee dry wit and it's, it's really cool when you start, you know, studying it. Southern people had a turn of phrase. They have a turn of phrase. And so eating your seed corn is a real quick way to say a lot of things. And I, I know that that, that type of conversational skill is gone you hardly ever see anybody who who can speak like they used to. They could say a lot of things with one little sentence or one metaphor. You know, I think I think you just got to get out of town. Hmm. I think I think the reason we don't hear that is because where I live, there are not a lot of of people who've been here more than one generation, if that. If that, there are plenty yeah. of people around me that haven't been here ten <laughs> years. Yep. So, Truth. so you're not gonna you're not gonna hear that. You're not gonna be able to go to 
I don't know, your neighborhood potluck and hear anything like that in a lot of neighborhoods because it's people, that's not how they talk because they're not from around here. But you go out, you know, go out in the country, go out to, I don't know, go out to Bethel, go out to Sodom Laurel, go out to some of these little alcoves where things haven't changed. And and you'll start to hear the accent again, you know, the, the native regional accent. And, the, and, then, and, the, and you're going to hear people say things like that because it it hadn't completely died out. But I mean, even those people, they they don't spend their days working in the cornfield. And then at the evening of an evening, they have some <laughs> dinner, they have some supper and then they sit on the porch mm-hmm. and they watch TV like everybody else. So, mm-hmm. you know, they yeah. might not. They might not use it as regularly, but they're likely to remember. Remember when Grandma used to say, and fill in the blank, whatever it was. <laughs> yep. I love that stuff. Me I, too. I, I hope it never completely goes away. Me too. <laughs> so. Well, that's why you and I are trying to recapture it and use it yeah. as much as we can. Yeah. I, I found that people who are not used to this accent. I used to see a lot of those folks because I worked in a hotel. So the first time down South or whatever, whatever. And they would have some interesting opinions of an accent. They oh, pretty yeah. much thought that we were dumb if we. Well, and had they still it. do. And they still do. Don't, so don't talk about it in the past. Mm. Cause they but, still um, hear this accent and they make some big ass assumptions about it. Right. But you know what? If the bomb dropped, as they say, they'd want to be in the cave with one of us or both of us. That's exactly right. <laughs> Wouldn't you think though? So? Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to I, I don't I don't need to get back into that any further. No, no, Lord no. Well, I got <laughs> I got another I got another garden adventure I have to tell y'all about. Yeah, I want to hear it's garden season now, babies. <laughs> I know it ain't we have not you know, we'll have more bad weather. We'll have more cold weather. No question, no question. Because it's just the middle of February. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I got the itch now to get it all done. <laughs> so my husband, he um, he got a wild hair is about the best way I'm going to be able to say that. He got a wild hair and he built me a pretty little cold frame. Oh, and, and I'm so excited. I've got that out in the big garden now with the Molmax thumper. And um, I was looking at that today and going, yeah, I need to, I need to get that, get that going. And yeah. we moved it from the place where he built it, moved it out into that garden and put um, that hardware cloth, you know, that real tight gauge wire. Oh yeah. Okay. Put that on the bottom so that the damn moles can't come up through the bottom and eat my whatever yeah. I'm growing in the cold frame. Very but smart. Dang, son, now I got me a cold frame and You're I got going. me a slumber. Who knows what's going to happen next? <laughs> I might even get the damn radishes planted in the next yeah. couple of weeks. <laughs> Well, if you master the thumper, you may then be qualified to ride the sandworm. I don't know. <laughs> well, spice is spice. That's right. Yep. I <laughs> that's what that saying is. The spice is everywhere. Yeah. Oh golly, what how good that was. I remember <laughs> the first time I read that. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, I I cut my teeth on J.R.R. Tolkien. 
Mm-hmm. And after that, anytime there was any kind of sword and sorcery fantasy, I'd be like, yeah, but you know, in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> so it was like I read the very best one first. And after that, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And then I read Dune. And Dune, of course, is a totally different thing. It's totally mm-hmm. different. But I yeah. read it. And it was the same sort of thrill. It was like, oh, ooh, a secondary world that's just enough like my world that it feels real. Mm-hmm. That's what I love. I love that. And there's not a lot of people can pull that off. I, I remember reading one of his, his forwards about one of the books. And it, he said the Dune series was basically about ecology. And I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. That makes and sense. Mm-hmm. And I love the way he would start out chapters in Dune with uh, a, a pre a saying that might be from some other time or some other character or whatever, whatever. And it would weave it all together by the time you're done. Yeah. So I, I really like that. And mostly I liked the storyline. I found it. I thought it was super is- interesting that there was a, uh, a matriarchal line that got talked about a lot. Yes. Because I remember that was the first time I really had been introduced to that concept. Although I read Ursula Le Guin, but she was more of a gender bending kind of. Yeah. If you will. And so yeah. I understood a little bit of that concept, but it just never occurred to me that you'd get this epic fantasy that would talk about generations and generations of a matriarchal line and how they were breeding for this, breeding humans, the human population. They were breeding them to be smart in these areas and, and have these abilities over here and so on. And basically creating new species of humans. Yeah. Because it brings up all that, you know, the terror and horrifying concepts of eugenics. Right. Oh, it was totally eugenics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Except it was eugenics across thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. So so the matriarchal line, they were patient, if nothing else. They were very patient. But yeah, I, I read something, I guess it was last couple of days about a mummy that they found in Peru not too long ago. And they are pretty sure it's not a human. They don't want to sure, but well, it looks, it's, it's got, it resembles a human until you get to the proportions and stuff. And, and the head is so much bigger and elongated than the body that it's almost the same length as the body. And oh. eye sockets oh. are huge. And so the question is, is this, um, you know, a, a deformed human, that a human child maybe that was, you know, born deformed um, or was it a different species? Uh, yeah. of, you know, so I don't, I don't know. They'll have to find a whole bunch more of them for yeah. me to think that it was a new, a different species. Yeah. Do you remember the crystal skulls? Oh God, yes. They they are on tour now. Yes, yes, they yes. are. Yeah. I don't know, and I hate to. I know that I sound very dubious about all of that, but it's just like 
you know, there there's so much that actually is really, really real that I don't know. But, you know, if it makes people happy and makes them feel special, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember hearing about them. And then about a month later, they showed up over at the um, that place. Oh, my brain fog is getting me. I can't. Oh. You know, talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, it's. I mean, there's so many things that I, I guess, golly, Alicia, I think it's because I'm just old. Um, there's so many things now that people are like, oh, my gosh, did you hear about? And it's something that, yeah, I heard about it, you know, 100 years ago. And yeah, I mean, if it interests you, yeah. Hey, but I, I ain't got nothing for it necessarily one way or the other. So it's not uh, like I don't I don't love something means I hate it. It just means it's not interesting to me. It's not high up on your priority scale. It's not. And it's weird to me the things that, you know, they we hear about them. Oh, my gosh. We hear all about this thing and we hear about it for like five years and all the theories and all the this and all the that. And then suddenly we don't hear nothing else about it. Right. Like, it's well, was that was that like our pet rock for this generation? Yeah. What was that? Hey. Was, that my, was that my Tamagotchi? What was that thing? <laughs> Your mood ring. Yeah, and somebody mentioned it, I think, on Twitter the other day. Because I ain't calling that damn thing X and, you know, Elon Musk can kiss my ass. Yeah. Um, um, a thing on Twitter and somebody said, you know what I haven't heard about in a long time? Crop circles. <laughs> when was the last time you heard about a crop circle? When two people confessed to being the ones that started the craze and then went out and showed how they did it and they videoed it. <laughs> that, was, that was the last time I heard about crop circles. But there's also the a group of people who say that, well, those people are just trying to get the notoriety that crop circles yes. are this and this and this. It kind of reminds you of the whole political thing, if you think about it. Uh-huh. Certain, there are groups of people who insist that certain things are real when they're not, and they read all these characteristics into their politicians that aren't have nothing to do with the actual politician. So, <laughs> <laughs> boy, that was very subtly said. <laughs> so, yes, well done. Thank you. That's thanks, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be oh, diplomatic God. about it. I didn't well, actually say that I think they're just, no, but anyway. Full of malarkey. Yeah. Um, well, and I've got another big adventure that's happening with me. What's is that? that Y'all know that in the wintertime, I knit scarves like a maniac. So that everybody I know has a scarf from me. And some people have two or three scarves from me. Because <laughs> I just, I want to keep my hands busy. And sometimes yeah. I'm quilting and sometimes I'm doing whatever. Well, now... I've switched over from scarves and I am knitting wash rags. Oh, cool. Yes, ma'am. Those are the I best, aren't they? I just finished one. Mm. Those are the best. Yeah. Well, I like doing it because, because symbolically it's like clean it up. Y'all mm -hmm. quit messing around, just clean it up. Here's your wash rag. Right. Well. I like it because they are tough, but they also won't, they don't kill your skin, but, but they hold up to anything. It's like I can wash myself or I can use it to wash pots and pans when you yep. have a knitted wash rag. Yep. Yeah. So you don't see many of those around either. 
Well, you're going to be seeing a lot more of them because I'm knitting them like a maniac. Well, I'm not going to complain, that's for sure. I'm I'm also a person who has only had, I've only owned one pair of knitted socks in my life, and I had to buy them for myself. <laughs> at, at huh. Yeah, and, and I liked them. I, I can't say that I loved them, though. They weren't very flexible in... Yeah. And, you know, uh, but but they were fine. But th that's how it had to be done back then. Yeah. I mean, well, this is, that's not yeah. something I've learned how to do yet. I'm a you know, I'm an unambitious knitter, but I do like to keep my hands busy. Very smart of you to do that. So Just, now it's wash rags, yuns. Now it's wash rags. Yeah. Yuns. Well, uh, the only story that I've got for you is uh, yep. I've got a friend who collects these old uh, kerosene lamps. Yeah. You know, the ones that I'm talking about that have the glass hurricane that's kind of yes, tall. And he, he dropped one and it shattered. Ooh. So he picked it all up and he God. cut the hell out of his hand on a yep. piece of glass and he went to the ER and they kept him overnight, and he came out of it with COVID and and the flu. Because and I didn't even know you could get both at the have, same time. Because he had to have stitches? Is that why he went to the ER? Yeah, he had to have stitches. He got a very bad cut on his hand. He sent me a picture, and I, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know what had happened. And I was just like, <gasps> when I first saw it. Uh, horrifying, yeah. horrifying. Oh, it was. Uh, oh, but uh, I didn't even know you could catch two things at once he ended up staying in the hospital overnight because it was so crowded and they couldn't get to him and he when he came out of it he started having symptoms the next oh day oh my and, god yep i swear to god <laughs> well and now, if we're gonna get started on medical i'm gonna have to say one more thing so my buddy and i'm not gonna say her name but my buddy was doing something silly and she fell off a ladder and she hit a concrete uh like a ledge and busted okay. up her leg and she was supposed to have surgery this past friday but she didn't show up on her husband's insurance and and the damn hospital was saying well you're just gonna have to pay the you know eighty five thousand dollars before we start and she was like what what so, so she, it's this, I mean, it's a terrible, terrible break in her leg and it's got to be super painful, but she finally showed up on the insurance and she's going to have the surgery later this week. And I thought, I mean, what kind of, what kind of people are we? I know. I know. There, there was a, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not even going to go into that part of it, but yeah, you're right. And the, our medical system, in spite of having some incredible people that are working in it for all the right reasons, but our medical system is broken right now. It is. Absolutely. And, 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 and I, it's not, and you're right, it's not the people delivering the health care. Right. It's, it's the, the bureaucracy behind that it. is wrapped around them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm thinking about insurance companies as well when I say that. Yeah. Because, and as a matter of fact, I may be thinking more about insurance companies than otherwise. And the reason that I say that is because if the if the if the healthcare providers did not have to answer to the insurance companies, 
there would be a different quality of health care. Yes, absolutely. So and, you know, there, there are a lot of primary care physicians right now, what we would have called the family doctor, and they've just done away with, they don't take insurance anymore. There's there, that's becoming more and more, especially around here. But yep. there's also a, a lot of doctors who, or maybe not a lot, but I've had some doctors who've expressed to me how frustrating it is to to have to ask an insurance company if they could be allowed to prescribe something for a very sick patient who needs it. Yes, and that's obscene. It it is. I mean, for those of us who would like to be decent human beings if what is that what what does that say about us yeah and yeah. for those of us for those people who have a religion that tells them that they should be good to everyone um what does that say i mean it's just a messed up thought yeah it's it just it's terrible it is terrible it is well and in spite of all of that i'm still in a great mood from talking with you <laughs> I know. it was so good to talk to you yeah. maybe it's just bitching and griping that puts me in the good mood i don't know oh, i think I it's talking we, to you though <laughs> we didn't do it wasn't all bitching and griping today we were talking about gardening and talking oh, yeah. about my fabulous mole max thumper device the mole max so thumper device we'll see if it works <laughs> That's so awesome. The Molmax Thumper device. Well, and, uh, and my and my buddy Crystal, who I said, Oh, I got me a Molmax Thumper device. And she said, You know what? What'll do it for you is get you some owls. I thought, well, I mean, <laughs> I can go to the Lowe's and I can pick up a Molmax Thumper device, but I don't think they'll sell me some owls. Uh uh. They won't. <laughs> and and we're talking about the kind that are just you put them on a pole and they're no. plastic, I think. Oh no, she's talking about, she's talking about real owls that live in trees. Oh owls. yeah, no. Because they love they love to eat moles and bowls. I think that is they're a favorite delicious. of theirs. Hawks yep. love them. Yeah. So. so yeah, that's that's where I am with all of that. Well, There's always a, a new plan. There's always I'm, a new scheme. I wish you good luck with it. Thank you. You'll keep, you'll keep us posted, right? I certainly will. I'll let okay. y'all know if I uh, get the radishes planted. Mm -hmm. That's the next thing. Yep. Okay. Well, I I haven't been nearly as productive as you. I've been doing a lot of computer stuff and all that and working on being a better, uh, cooking more quality food. Ooh, yeah, I need to say, yeah. So I, I've been slipping into some bad habits, and I'm well, not proud of that. I, I've been so good about you know chopping and sautéing and all that, but yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I just said, said to Joe, I don't know, how about we have a salad and a frozen pizza? And he said, Oh, that sounds good. So <laughs> we didn't, you know, we've been married almost forty years. The mm -hmm. idea of romance here is, do I have to wash? dishes or can I just uh so yeah we had a frozen pizza it wasn't bad there wasn't you bad. go sometimes that's the best salad. that was it <laughs> well that sounds all right to me what are you gonna have tonight I don't know and I need to I need to think about it we went to the grocery store yesterday so there's plenty of things to choose from but I don't know well, I'll wait till he comes in and I'll say at four o'clock. So, what do you want to eat? And he'll go, I don't know. Well, I don't care, whatever. Food. He 
lives he he loves soup. And when I'm not in town, I think he eats ramen noodles and soup is all he eats and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So, you know, I may just be able to say, how about we have a big old salad and a bowl of soup? And he'll go, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. He probably will. And that is a good supper. It is a good supper. Yeah. What are you going to make for supper? And then we'll go. I don't have a clue. I don't don't have a clue. So I'll get it figured out, though. (laughs) Me too. I mean, we're going to eat something. That's all that. That's all there is to it. Yep, most definitely. All right, man. Y'all, good to good to be talking at you, Miss Alicia, and y'all listening. Thank you for being sticking with us through the thick and the thin. We really do appreciate it. We do. Byron, take care. Behave. Have behavior. All right, if I must, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.